0: Just give the Lord a good hand for your own pastor. (laughs) It's always a joy to be here. Where is Shirley now? Is she gone? Okay. Let her come back. Okay. Allow her to come back. (laughs) It's good to be with you guys. Um, I told Naomi, my wife, so many good things about this church, and so glad that she's with me to see the people in Arkansas. And... um, I honestly love the people here. Uh, This morning, my spirit just leaped when I saw some of these faces—Jojo and uh, and this guy with a beard—and his his son is now. Oh my goodness! I don't know what they're going to do with that boy. You'll have to rebuild your doors, your entrance, because I don't know how he's going to get into the church. That guy's big man. I tell you what—I'm so glad I'm your friend. so, I love the people here. I love the humor. Um, I love Jesus among you. Um, and, um, you know, I, I was sitting there this morning. I thought to myself, this is one of those churches. I've, if they give you no offerings, I would still love to preach here because I love you. It's not about money, it's about the people, you, me, and you together. And, Pastor, thank you for. Uh, the neat way in how you explain the apostolic prophetic. Um, I'm amazed every time I hear him speak um, about his knowledge of the word. There's only one thing about Pastor Brown that we'll have to intercede for, and that is how you can move him out of uh, Arkansas to attend an upper room meeting uh, in another state because he is so bound to this state, you don't get him out of these mountains. Um, he will support me, he will bless me, he will pray for me, he will send support to reach the whole world, but man, I cannot get him out of the mountains here. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, I brought my wife this time, maybe this will work this time, so that, uh, because many people believe I don't, I'm not married, I tell them I am, but they say, no, you're not, and then, so I had to bring her and to prove to you that I am married and she's real, Amen? Okay, so, but uh, we're going to have a great day in the Lord. I didn't know about the storm tonight, because since last year, November roundabout, there's some, a lot of things happen in this country, and I just decided I don't watch news anymore. So, I have no idea what's going on. And I was sitting there, and I said, we better watch news again. I said, there's a storm, and we don't even know it. So, in that case, we will do tonight's service tomorrow uh, afternoon, 12 o'clock, and uh you know, the evangelist in me is still alive, man. I'm not going to miss a meeting. <laughs> no, that's, that is just a hot breath. Don't believe me. Believe what your pastors say. So, uh, amen. So, just warn me again if there's a storm tonight <laughs> because we don't watch news. Uh, but we'll have to watch the news this afternoon. It will be your fault. And um, so, <laughs> I'm still the same. I haven't changed. But I um, love the Lord. Church, um, the, last, the last year was uh, pretty intense for all of us, but in the midst of this COVID thing, I've learned so many things about the Lord. He spoke to me about so many things, shifted my, uh, a lot of thinking in me, which is good. And I also want to say that let us never go back to church before COVID, after COVID, because um, sometimes God uses a storm to change your thinking. He uses a storm or a negative situation to make you rethink, uh, to n- show you actually that in the past, you've done a lot of things that you should never have done. So, so let us keep that in mind. And then also, um, we are still busy with the upper room. I, I just had a, a call on Thursday with 11 global leaders, and it's awesome to see, because we're picking up the reins again, we have access to 150 nations now and uh, spoke to a leader this morning that that brought many people in from the underground church, Muslims uh, that is now Christians, leaders that has been burned with oil, spoke with him this morning. But this Thursday we had a call, and the beautiful thing is I had a leader from Brisbane, Australia on the Zoom call, and the moment we came on the call, he prophesied to one of my friends from Ohio, whom I brought onto the call as well, And when I looked at that picture, it's a global picture of global apostolic leaders. It's amazing to see how God gives a word to a man in Brisbane, Australia, for another man in Ohio. And they hardly know one another uh, because I'm the one that brings them together. And when I saw that, um, I I just realized the Holy Spirit is amazing. And uh, so um, uh, with that perspective, I want to go into the Word this morning and just bless you. you know, uh, a, a few weeks ago, I ministered this word, and I'll be very honest with you. I I felt the Lord said to me, you need to bring this to several churches, and I was kind of hesitant about it. And I ministered this in a pretty large church, um, and an African-American uh, leader came to me after the service, and he said, oh, pastor, he said, um, th- that was so powerful. Uh, and he said to me, But I want to ask you a favor. He said, would you preach that in every church where you go to? So that's a tall order for for him to say that to me. But when he said it to me, I didn't say to him, well, you know what? The Lord already spoke to me that this is not a word for one assembly. This is maybe a word for many. Um, And uh, so that's why I'm honest right out of the gate telling you that I want to go into this word And it's a word that I've ministered many, many years. I've ministered on the scripture reference. But when I saw the latter part of this word, I realized, can it be that you are in ministry that long and you rush right over the scripture and you miss out something incredible? So um, let us go into the word. And um, uh, I do still prophesy, but as you know, COVID has restricted us. But now I must be honest. I've seen some of the most powerful meetings Uh, since August last year till December. I've done about 12 crusades. And uh, this year I started in January, haven't stopped yet. And we will go right through this year because I'm fully booked. But I've seen incredible things happen in spite of an altar call. And we love altar calls. And altar calls is very important. But you know what? The Holy Spirit cannot be restricted by a virus. Uh, how many of you know that there is no viruses in heaven? And how many of you know the Holy Spirit does not have a virus problem? He doesn't wear a mask. And, and He has the ability to touch people right where you sit. And I want you to realize that. So as, as, as if we do an altar call, that will be awesome. But don't wait for an altar call. Let the Word come to you long before we make an altar call. Amen? That was a long introduction, but um, uh, that's what I had to do. Mark chapter 5, and um, uh, I find myself very much um, focusing on the miracles that Jesus did and what he says to people on a one-to-one basis, the crucifixion, the death of Jesus, uh, what happened around the cross, around the tomb, and maybe I'll talk about that tonight or tomorrow night. Uh, but this morning, I want to talk to you about a different touch. How many of you know that we come through a season where we could not touch? We do high fives in the air. We have masks. We cannot hug. It's almost like we've moved into a world that is unreal. But that's the world we're living in. And, um, and I want to talk to you this morning about uh, the woman that had the issue of blood. Now, the moment I say that, I want to warn you. I know you've read this before, and I know you can probably quote the whole chapter, but the mistake that you will make is when you say, I know it all, you will do what I did, and you will miss the best part for 25 years in your ministry or 30 years of your ministry, and then you discover it. So let us discover the full thing or the full picture of what God has to say. It says there in... um, in Matthew 5, verse 25, it says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, had suffered many f- things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had, was no better, but she grew worse. We know that verse so well. So when you go to uh, verse 34, Jesus now speak to this woman and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. So I want you to see two things here. Number one, in verse 25, the Bible says, now there was a certain woman, a certain woman, no name, no address, no identity, just a statistic, just another woman and her condition. In verse 33, 34, that woman is now a daughter I want you to see the change between those two verses. She went from a statistic to a daughter. Isn't that great? Many times when we minister this chapter or this miracle, well, at least I did it, we always landed on the miracle that happened in verse 25, and she felt in her body that she was healed. When we we flew from Atlanta yesterday, we had a ticket to Little Rock, and the flight is only completed until you touch down on the landing strip in Little Rock. That's the flight. This chapter, many times we take off in verse 25, a certain woman, and we land in verse 29 on the physical healing. And that's not the right landing strip. This morning, we're going to start talking about a certain woman, but we must land on the word daughter. Because if we do not land on the word daughter, this flight is incomplete. The preaching is incomplete. The word is incomplete. And I don't think that you want to come to a meeting where you walk out of the place and you say, I feel incomplete. God will never send us home incomplete. But sometimes we miss the best part, and we go home, and we just come into agreement with what we got, not knowing we did not get all of it. And uh, so I want to talk to you about this lady, and it just blesses me to think about her. Now, it says in verse 34, she had a, a flow of blood for 12 years. How many of you know that after one year, you are pretty much fed up for a mask? Well, I came out of the hotel this morning with my mask, and I met the pastor, and he does not have a mask. I go to many, many churches. Uh, uh, this, is a, this is another a revelation this weekend. There's no mask here, thank God. But you know what? If you travel with me, you're going to see a lot of masks still. But you know what? Um, the Bible says, or uh, let me say this, the last 12 months, had, a, had an influence on us It had an impact on us. How many of you want to be honest that there was a time this year that you almost felt uh, some, something is going wrong in your thinking? It's almost like, uh, am I losing my brains? Am I losing my mind? Um, am I getting depressed? Uh, it had a mental effect on us because God never intended for us to live like that. And and I've met many people that, that, um, and there's many people that became suicidal. If you go and look at the world, um, I mean, I lost lost two very, very dear friends in the last seven weeks, my brother-in-law and one of my best friends in my whole life that I knew since 1976, passed away last Sunday morning, an iconic school principal. And my other brother-in-law is in ICU as I speak to you, all COVID-related. So, it it have have an effect on you. Now, these people are all in South Africa, and they are not as blessed as you and I are to have access to vaccines and whatever. And I don't want to go into that whether it's of the Lord or not, but um, so people got affected by this. This woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. She was not allowed to be amongst people for 12 years. She lived outside the city, um, and I want you to, to not rush over the scripture, but I want you to go deep into her spiritual into her spirit, into who she was and realize what kind of woman we are dealing with. So she had an issue of blood for twelve years, and she suffered many things from many physicians. The Bible doesn't say she suffered from the devil; she suffered from physicians. The medical world, now Mark is the only gospel that clearly says that the doctors treated her knowing they cannot heal her. So, and and the Bible says that she lost all her money. That tells me that she was exposed to a system that was supposed to fix the problem, but they could not fix the problem but treated her for the sake of her money. And right there is a word, because many times in this world, you and I are exposed to systems, political systems, political parties, medical world, you name it. There's many systems that demand from us money, that demand from us a vote, and at the end of the day, they do not deliver what they were supposed to deliver. We're living in such a world. And, um, and, and it's sad when you realize that um, you were exposed to something that looked good, but it did not do you any good. I don't know what happened with us the last year and a half. My, my precious wife that is here, and so many procedures, the money. I mean, every procedure is $22,000, Multiply that by eight, and you can get to a certain number. That's when you say, Lord, where can I find Jesus? Is there there any other hope outside the system that I'm exposed to? So, I want to mention something else. In her thinking, she must have developed a voice in her mind. She could have thought... That God is angry at her. She was exposed to a Jewish culture. And I saw the difference between Messianic Jews and Orthodox Jews. I mean, we had a Messianic Jew, the uh, executive director of Tikkun International, which is all the Messianic Jewish churches in the world, is one of our leaders that were on the call on Thursday. And uh, he is helping us with other Arab leaders. And I I have so much I can tell you about the uproar and what's happening. But but he was on the call now and I saw the orthodox Jews when I went to Israel they have no joy they have big hats they read the scriptures all through the night because they need to earn points to be righteous sitting on the plane reading scriptures I went to the restroom I thought to myself have you lost your brains and then I realized they are caught into a religious spirit and they have no freedom they have no joy So, this woman was exposed to that aggressive religious spirit. And I don't have time to tell you what that spirit can do to you. I've seen it. It's horrible. So, in her mind, she must have thought, God is angry at me. I met spiritful people that sometimes are not really renewed in the spirit that still believe that it's God who has put this thing on them. God is angry at them. So here she is, 12 years, God must be angry at her. Maybe her husband divorced her. She has no money. She knew the medical world cannot fix her problems. So maybe she thought, I have sinned against God. You you know what can happen up here. Come on. We all have a pulpit in our mind. Not one of us is without a pulpit in our mind. And this voice up here will easily come and try to influence you when you go through a battle and you don't get the answer. But then the Bible says in verse 27, but she heard about Jesus. That's powerful. She heard. And it's about time that we release a sound again that is not. Uh, covered with religious thinking. There's a lot of noises in the church world that is supposed to be Jesus' noise, but it's more a religious noise than what it is a Jesus' noise. She heard about Jesus. And there's nothing bad you can hear about Jesus. You can hear a lot of bad things about religion. But you can never hear a bad thing about Jesus. And um, so here she is. She's got a war up here. Uh, in Leviticus, when you study the word of, uh, I mean, Pastor said this morning uh, what he, his perception about Leviticus, well, let me just try to get into those pages that are so stick together. <laughs> in Levit- 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 Leviticus, if you had a, a blood issue or a blood problem, You cannot sit on a piece of clothing and then they need to wash it. That's what we're living in today. You cannot touch something and then they need to clean, clean it up. And so can you imagine what she felt like? And, you know, in this day, there's thousands that got COVID. In her day, she was probably the only woman who had the issue of blood in those days. So she had nobody that she could even relate to. What does it feel like? To be in this position. Church, it's horrible. But she heard about Jesus. And um, now I want you, I want to, I want to say something before I forget it. That number one, Jesus will not touch her. She will touch Jesus. Jesus never touched her. And right there, I want to say. Let's not wait any longer for what we can go and get ourselves. Let us not, let us get out of our waiting and, well, what are you doing? While well, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God, I'm waiting on God. Desperateness will not wait, desperateness will go and get it. And I pray that the American church will come out of her waiting mode into a go and get it. You know what? Many times you preach the word and you go home and three people got it. And then I say, Lord, how is it possible that I felt so much anointing and I felt so much passion on me when I preached it and after three days only three people got it? It's, the problem is not always the man that's preaching the Word. The problem is people are not desperate to grab it. There's nothing wrong with this Word. There's nothing wrong with Jesus. If I say to you there's an electrical cord running through this building, you will never know it until you come and test it. And I'm telling you, there's enough Jesus this morning in the pews. That if you just go like this, thank you for your excitement. Uh, I, at least I got an all right out of him twice. And I know he does that because he likes me. And the second one was probably because he likes the word. But it's about time that you all grow a beard and become like him. Amen. Hallelujah. I like that guy. <laughs> okay. So she, they heard about Jesus. Now watch this. And she came behind him in the crowd. She came behind him. and Now remember, you say, why will the Bible say she came behind him in the crowd? Why does she not just walk into the crowd and just go and get it? She's not supposed to be in the crowd. The law was against her. So apart from the fact that you already believe up here God is angry, I must have sinned. It's my time to die. In the meantime, it's not her time to die. But that's one of the voices. It's my time to die. Uh, I cannot go into the crowd. If they find me there, I heard about the law. They're going to judge me. I believe there's a, a judge and an attorney in that crowd. And then I heard there's another religious disciple in that crowd. His name is Peter, and if he sees me, I will lose my ears before I even get to Jesus. Come on. That's all the religious baggage that she already has in her mind. And she's outside the city. Jesus is coming down. And she probably figured out if he comes down this road, he's already somewhere going somewhere. And she was right. Because before she thought about him, Jairus came to him and said, can you come to my little daughter? She's at the point of death. So Jesus is coming down the road. He's got on his agenda one item, daughter of Jairus. But on the side of the road, desperateness is waiting. Desperateness heard about him. And desperateness couldn't care about another one dying because desperateness said, I'm going to interrupt this meeting, and I'm going to get it because I am not on the agenda. How many of you heard about meetings that took place and great parties that took place and the invitations that went out, and then you found out you were never invited? How many of you were offended when you heard that? Raise your hands. One. There's only one honest person in this whole building. Lying spirit. Oh, they did not invite me. Oh, yeah, Susie is going. Peter was going. Pastor and his wife were invited. Oh, that new elder, he's invited. We were not invited. Oh, I know that doesn't happen in Arkansas, but this happens a lot in other places. Not here in the mountains, I know. I know there's a lot of things I know. no. You are all involved. Come on, don't come and tell me you've never been offended. You are not that dead in Christ yet. You are supposed to be dead in Christ and not be offended. But, yeah, you are not dead. Half living, half dead. That's who you are. Thank you. How inspirational is that? Do you think I will get people that will come back tonight when I say things like that? Oh, my goodness. Anyway, she heard about Jesus. She came behind. Now watch this. When she came into the crowd, she came into the crowd with the body language of a thief. She came behind. That word behind tells me she acted completely different than all others. She acted like a thief because she realized this thing up here has warned me. It's like, it's like alarms going off in her mind. Come on, we all have it. Oh, I'm gonna die. God is angry at me. I'm not gonna make it. I lost all my money. Oh, they took all my money. Uh, the law's against me. How can I even think that He will heal me? But you know what? She heard what she heard about Jesus overwhelmed all the voices up here. And for some reason, she got something in her spirit that says, if you can touch Him, There's something you heard that is stronger than all the voices of 12 years. After 12 years, she had a crowd of 90,000 voices sitting up here. And I'm prophesying now. But God is saying, my voice, what you heard about me just one time, will override every thought up here if you will just get out of your house and out of your desperation and come into the crowd and you will find your miracle. So she came from behind and she touched his garment. We need to make more. We need to have so much anointing again back in the church that power will be in our garments. She touched his garment. He had a garment with blue tassels at the bottom, which identifies who he is. And, And all she had in mind is, I need to find the man in the crowd that has the garment with the blue tassels at the bottom. You see, we are so focused on the present worship leader. We are so focused on the speaker. We are so focused on so many other things. And we are not focused anymore on the blue tassels in the crowd. So she came behind him in the crowd. I think she saw Peter. And I think when she saw Peter from the side, she probably said, it's no wonder I heard what I heard about him. Come on. I mean, you know, sometimes people will hear things about these disciples that is not really what they will hear about Jesus. That's why maybe I will talk to you about, just before Jesus left the earth, the last conversations he had with Simon, Peter. Tough questions. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for your excitement. So the Bible says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. How many of you know that Jesus is not a credit card? What you get from him, you do not get in installments. He's not broke. You know, when you go to the bank and you want to make a withdrawal, you must first check your balance. When you go to Jesus Christ, there is no balance. There's no limit. Everything is available. You cannot bankrupt him. So immediately, the Bible says, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body. I love that. We're living in a day where we say, oh, brother, did you feel that spirit? Oh, did you feel the anointing? Did you feel it? No, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know what? Sometimes we feel so many things in the spirit that we don't feel anything in our physical bodies anymore. We need to have a visitation of Jesus where our bodies will testify he has been in the house. We need meetings where people will say, I felt it in my body. The Bible says she felt it. You say, well, we we live by faith. No. Don't hide behind faith. Faith is powerful. Faith pleases God. In fact, Jesus himself is going to say to her right at the end, your faith has made you well. But it's about time that my faith shows up in my body. She felt in her body that she had been healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, and Jesus immediately. Now watch this. The moment the Bible talks about what she felt, the Bible talks about what Jesus felt. Immediately. When when I came in here this morning, I greeted a few of these guys. And what we did is, we took hands, we shook hands. Why do we, well we did it, you know. In some churches we still do the fist. And then in other churches, we still just do the holy wave. But this church is really now on a deep level. You can The shake is at least back here. Amen. There's one guy this morning that wanted to give me a fist, and then I want to give him one, or I gave him one, and then he was not sure, and then finally we gave one another a shake. Amen. And then my wife just said, come here, and she stuffed the stuff into my hand. Come on, man! We need to laugh about the last year. This is a strange world we're living in. Uh, <laughs> okay, let me not tell you more what I saw in hotels lately. Oh my goodness! It's a new day we're living in. Amen. <laughs> okay, so um, how did I get onto that? And Jesus, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself. Now, watch was Jesus. The Bible says Jesus said. Power went out. Jesus felt power left. He doesn't felt sensation. He doesn't felt a good feeling. He felt power. We need a power release. And not a good feeling release. Jesus felt power left. Now, remember, I don't know how many people were there, but let's say there was a few hundred people because Jesus was pretty, pretty popular. And the, and the Bible says that the, the crowd was thronging him. The Lord is bringing me back to reading the Scripture slowly, watch the miracle slowly, and let it speak to you. And... Uh, So what happened, power went out, and and he turned around in the the crowd, and Jesus said, who touched my clothes? Again, he didn't say, who touched me? He said, somebody got a hold of my garment. Come on, church. There should be enough Jesus in our meeting that when people touch your jacket after the service, they must say, my goodness, where have you been? Where are the days that we had handkerchiefs anointed with oil? The handkerchiefs with oil is gone. Because we've become so modern that when we get the three-point sermon on a flash drive, I don't even know how to work a flash drive. I just heard they use all these. That's why they came to me this morning. Pastor, do you have a PowerPoint or something? They asked me something fancy that you were there, brother. Brother. And I said, No, I don't have any of that. I'm just old school. I'm just going to bring the word. She said, Okay, well, and then she said, Pastor, I need to, what, a new King James version. And then she was happy. And there she is. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> so Jesus stopped and Jesus said, Who touched my clothes? Immediately, the disciples who went to a seven-year degree at the University of Jerusalem to qualify to be theologians, said to Jesus, how can you say somebody touched you when everybody is thronging you? Wow. Wow. You see, church, desperateness don't throng. Desperateness touch. People that are not desperate, and, and many of us, all of us, even myself, we I've been in meetings where I came out of the meeting, and I said, man, that was a great meeting. Woo! We shouted. Oh, hallelujah. I even used my sweat cloth. Man, and when they did that one song, wow, that song really hyped us up. And when we come out of the service, everybody's still sick. Everybody's still depressed. Nobody's touched. We had a great service. I remember many, many years back, I came into my hotel room. I'm sweaty. I mean, I'm sweaty. I went into the room and I said, oh, God, hallelujah. What a great service. And the Holy Spirit said to me, yes, you raised a lot of dust tonight. And then immediately he took me to Jacob who wrestled with God. When Jacob wrestled with God, remember Jacob was strong in the flesh. That word wrestle means to raise dust that float away. That's the only thing dust can do, it floats away. And the Lord said to me that night, the Holy Ghost, you know, the Holy Spirit can tell me things that if, if you dare to say that to me, I will become very religious. But the Holy Spirit said to me, Yes, sir, you've raised a lot of dust tonight that just float away. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. I don't want to raise dust anymore. The disciples said, you said somebody touched you and everybody's thronging you. You know when you do the thronging thing, you buy the book, you get the CD, uh, you shout hallelujah at the right place, you sing well when Shane leads the song and, uh, uh, and if he wants you to jump, he'll jump because you don't want to be the odd one out. But, but, When the meeting is over, your body is still sick. And the pulpit in your mind is still active. Jesus stopped the whole crowd. And uh, what time must I be finished, Pastor? It's 11.18 now. No hurry. Okay, thank you. Let's go to for 3 o'clock then. I haven't been here for three years. I need to make up all the times we've missed. (laughs) Don't worry, Pastor. I will not do that to you. (laughs) And Jesus, immediately knowing that power had gone out, Jesus uh, stopped the crowd. And the disciples said, how can you say they thronged you? And Jesus looked around, verse 32. Now watch this. Jesus is now breaking. He's bringing the whole crowd to a standstill. He would not have stopped, was it not, for that woman. Remember, he's on his way to the house of Jairus, where a little girl is at the point of death. Jairus could have said to Jesus, Jesus, please, can you not first go to my little girl and rather come back and find out what happened here? Because Jesus, how long will it take to find out Who touched you? Jesus, didn't you hear what your disciples just said? I mean, it's almost like the disciples are saying to Jesus, Have you lost your marbles? You want to tell us somebody touched you when there's a few hundred people thronging you? You see, church, heaven knows the difference between playing church and making a withdrawal. Jesus stopped the crowd. Jesus decided, I want to know what happened now. Something happened in this crowd, and there's one person that is the exception. Jesus is willing to stop everything for one exception. Come on. And uh, he wants to know who has done this thing. But the women, fearing and trembling. The first thing the Bible says But the woman, look at this. It says in verse 33, but the woman. When we started to read from verse 25, she was also a woman. In verse uh, verse, uh, uh, 33, she's still a woman. The Bible talks about her. But the woman. Now, we are now, the next verse, she's going to become daughter. I want you to see this. Remember, she's already healed. But she's not daughter yet. But the woman, fearing and trembling. That's the first thing the Bible says. She was, she was trembling, uh, uh, fearing and trembling. Why is she fearing and trembling? She already knew I'm healed. Because the Bible says she felt how the blood dried up to the fountain of where the problem were in her body. In her, she knew her body so well that she already knew, oh my goodness, I just got healed. But when Jesus stopped the crowd, she is fearing and trembling. Why will you fear and tremble when you are miraculously healed? Why is she fearing and trembling? Because the pulpit in her mind is still tormenting her. You should not have been in the crowd. You are healed. You felt it in your body. But you know the law is against you. And you know the law is in the crowd. And if the law finds you, they're going to shout out, Why did you break the law? So, the the voices in the mind is active, and it shows in her fearing and trembling. Her fearing and trembling tells me she's healed, but she feels like a thief. Her idea was to get the healing and leave the crowd like a thief. But when Jesus is in the crowd, Jesus will not allow you to leave healed, but tormented in your mind. We need to bring Jesus to the crowd and to our churches that will leave us healed, spirit, soul, and body. Come on, church. So Jesus... Stop the crowd. And now he's asking, who has done this thing? Bible says, who has done this thing? Who has done this thing? There's a few hundred. Maybe there were a thousand people. I don't know. Let's say there were 999 people that did thronging. But Jesus said, I'm not interested in what the 999 did. I want to know who? did the exceptional thing. Who has done this thing? You know, when I look at America, when I listen to the leaders from all over the globe, and I mean, some of the leaders that we had on the crowd on the call Thursday is one of the biggest church planters in the world. They estimate another 40,000 churches to be planted in the next five years in South America, 32 nations. They blanket 150 nations with church planting. When I listen to these incredible stories, I realize, Lord, you are working in a major way. But there's a cry Um, in the hearts of these leaders. There are a desperateness. Uh, I had a leader on the call Thursday that is probably one of the biggest church, uh, uh, the biggest prayer giants in this nation. He wrote a book on the next reformation coming where God spoke to him in Germany about the next Reformation coming. He was in the upper room in 2018 in Atlanta. That man spoke, and it's like lightning split open the whole crowd pastors fell on their knees, cried out for mercy, weeping uncontrollably. So I had these leaders. He was on the call Thursday again, and he's leading a national event this Monday and Tuesday from New York and from another city. I cannot go into all the detail. These are the movers and the shakers in the church world globally on prayer. But every time you talk to them, you hear there is a desperateness, and they can't get Millions of America to realize the same desperateness. So when Jesus found out somebody's in the crowd that is desperate, Jesus said, I don't care about Jairus' daughter. If she dies, I'll resurrect her. But I need to see what desperateness looks like that can bring me, the son of God, to a standstill. So she's trembling and she's fearing. And uh, the Bible says, and she came and she fell down before him. I want you to see the crowd. A thousand people. Here she comes. She's shaken. Her body is still bowed down like a thief. She feels tormented. God is angry at me. I don't understand it. He's angry at me, but he healed me because that, that religious tormentation is not gone. And I pray that God will deliver America from all the religious junk that sits up here. Come on. It's not about the assemblies of God. It's not about the Presbyterian. It's not about the Roman Catholic. It's about get all that junk out of here and meet Jesus. And the Bible says she came. Now watch this. She's in front of Jesus and she fell down. She did not kneel down. She did not bow down. She did not do the... When you're desperate, you don't have time to do all the religious moves. You fell down. I want you to see it. Not on a carpet, on a dirty road. She fell down. And she made eye contact with grace. Grace healed her before the law could find her guilty. We are too judgmental in this country. When you come to America, the first thing they warn you against is be careful. They will sue you. Yeah. And the evidence is when you drive, when you go into cities, there's big billboards. Have you been injured? Have you been this? Have you been that? With a big picture. And then as long as you drive into the big city, there's about... Five to ten billboards with the same attorney's face on that billboard. Have you been injured? Have you been injured? Call this number. Call. This. I said, Lord, this is America. Whew! I better be careful. All the attorneys in the crowd say, "Amen." Where is he? Okay. Oh. Sir, I love you, man. I will do anything for you. Oh, hallelujah. You've got two? Oh, both of you. Oh my goodness. Double banner. Oh double. Oh my Lord. See me after the service. I will confess all my sins, and I will <laughs> Wow. So here she is, and she's in front of Jesus, and the Bible says, and she told him the whole truth. How many of you know that when you stand in front of truth, you better speak the truth? And she told him the whole truth. Peter is standing there ready to cut her ear. Another disciple is standing there and said, I told him. We are thronging, but I think I'm wrong because, man, I heard about that woman. I heard that she's bankrupt. Oh, I heard about her, and it seems to me she got healed. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What does she have that we don't have? No. You have a religious cloak. She has desperateness. Come on. She has desperateness. And, and she's in front of Jesus. And then the next moment, the most beautiful thing happened. And this is the landing strip. This is where we need to land our, our preaching. We must land our preaching on the right landing strip. So that our people will go out of the buildings complete. And he said to her, daughter... Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. What he's actually saying, if you had left the crowd without me addressing you, you would have left left healed, but you still would not have had peace. But then the most beautiful thing is this. He looked at her. I want you to hear this. The law is listening to him. The Pharisees is listening to him. The Sadducees is listening to him. Peter is listening to him. The disciples is listening to him. Jairus is nervous. His son is dying, or his daughter is dying. And now Jesus said, daughter. And she heard it. She knew the culture. She knew the traditions. And Jesus said, Daughter, and she realized. Uh, did I hear him? He said, Daughter. Oh, I, I've never heard that word before. Well, they always talk about me as a, a woman. I had no address, I had no, I was just, just a statistic. Uh, I was just a woman, but now that I'm in front of him, he said to me, daughter. Wow, daughter? Why is the word daughter so important? Listen to this. In those days when kings address a woman, and they want to address that woman with sensitivity, care, and passion. They will say to her, daughter. She was not treated with care and passion and sensitivity by the law. The law said, you stay outside the city. You're not supposed to come here. You had your best days. God is angry at you, and you will die. And the doctor her empty of all her money. But here she stands in front of Jesus, and he said to her, daughter and she realized oh my goodness I heard about him I heard that he is the king of the Jews but I heard that he has come to rescue the whole world and I heard that he is the gospel I heard that he is healing and I heard that he's gracious and I heard that he is a king But then I heard he is even the king of kings. And I heard he's even lord of lords. I I heard that he is the beginning and the end. I heard that he even resurrects people. I heard that he opened blind eyes. I heard ears pop open. I heard about this Jesus. I heard about him. and what, what I heard about him gave me confidence that if I could just sneak into the crowd like a thief, I will get healed. But I never thought I would stand in front of him. And I, I'm, I, I'm still on my knees. But I just heard a word that I've never heard before in my whole life. I heard Daughter. And the moment she heard the word daughter, I think she came up from her knees. And I think the one demon voice after the other demon voice left her mind. And I think, I think, not I think, I know She changed into a dancer, into a ballerina dancer, and she straightened her back up, and all of a sudden, her dress changed, and all of a sudden, her feet was covered with ballerina shoes, and I think, I think her dignity came back, and I think, I think, I think a lot of things. I think so much, I cannot even put it into words, because I only know three English words. I'm actually Dutch so as ek vir julle kan preek aan Afrikaans, so I can beter doen, so nou praat ek in my eie huistaal, halleluja, I'm speaking in my own language, because I can tell you more, of what I think in Dutch, than in the redneck language, the Holy Spirit approved that, because I was hesitant for a moment, That's where we'd call it in South Africa because of the British that oppressed our forefathers. And they always had these red jackets. So from, from a South African context, we called them rednecks. But you have a different meaning for rednecks here. I will not go there. I will need an attorney. Can you see the picture? The moment he called her daughter, she said, oh, my goodness, he's not angry. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. He's not angry, and he's a king. I think they gave her a CD of the meeting where he said, it. you know, I remember in 1982 when I first got prophetic words over my life that you will go to America and how God is going to use you in America. I had it on a tape. How many of you remember those days in the ancient days we had tapes? How many of you remember the tape days? You are all old. You got a word on the tape and then I go to the tape Thus says the Lord, and you will go to America, and you will speak English. You will have to learn English. That's what That was prophesied to me. And then you will go, and household names in America will become your friends. I said, oh, my God. I'm a South African. I cannot even speak English. So they gave me a tape. I go home, and I reverse the tape. And the Lord says, and you will go to America. And I listen to that over and over and over, and I rewind the tape. Rewind the tape. Listen to it again. <laughs> Rewind the tape. Listen to it. <laughs> Do you remember those days? And one day the tape broke. At least my word did not break. By the time the tape broke, the word was sitting right here. But when I heard it, I said, oh, my God. The creator spoke a word over my life. That transformed me from a South African that could not speak English into somebody to come into America and bring global leaders together for the sake of outpouring of the Holy Spirit. How can such a thing happen? When he speaks over your life, you will go home dancing like a ballerina dancer. And not go home like a thief. Daughter! Daughter! Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I think she walked out of the crowd, and one of the judges was standing there. If I was her, I would have looked into the eyes of the judge. I would have said, so where is your evidence now? Grace healed me before you could find me guilty. Go and find your money somewhere else. The doctors took all my money, but I don't care. I just met the source of life who has healed me. Just another picture. Jesus is in the middle of the crowd. Jairus came to him in the beginning, and Jairus had a little girl that he told Jesus about at the point of death. And the Bible says she was 12 years old. The Bible also say that this woman had an issue for 12 years. And it struck me lately that here you have two 12s. 12 speaks of government reign. 12 gates, 12 disciples. You can minister about the word 12 the whole day. Reign, kingdom reign. And I thought the woman had... A Struggled for 12 years, and she must have been older. But he's on his way to the house of a girl that is 12 years old, the next generation. And I have Jesus in between the two 12s. And I, I just see Jesus standing with his hands reaching out to the 12 on the right and the 12 on the left. And he's saying, I will rescue this generation from dying premature. And I will extend their lives for another 15, 20 years. And I will grab the next generation, the dying generation, our sons and daughters that's dying without the Holy Ghost. And I will resurrect them and I will bring them back to life. Because my name is the Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And I believe that Christ will stand. In the middle of generations, and take the two twelves and revive them and bring his rule and reign back. When he spoke to Adam and Eve, he said, reign, rule, have dominion. And I want to say to you, Jesus is here to rule, reign, have dominion, restore this twelve, and restore that twelve. And introduce you to government, kingdom government. Come on, kingdom government. We will not have authority one day in heaven. We will now have authority on this earth. And I want to say that you have a pastor that is so equipped to lead you into that. And I want to say to all of you, may God make this a church. That will restore the body language of believers from a thief to a dancer. From a thief to a son and a daughter. She had her CD in her purse. She had her earphones on. I think she had an Apple phone. And I think she had a hard drive or whatever she had. She definitely had no tapes. And she put that word in. And I think as she went home, outside the city, that's where she lived, she said, I'm going back to the house of depression. But when that demon in my house saw me coming back, they will all flee. Because what they saw... What they saw when I left the house and what they will see when I come back is two different things. And I think on her way home, it, maybe it was a 20-minute walk from the house to the crowd. But I think it took her an hour to go back home because I, sh- I think she got drunk in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you say, well, Pastor, we don't know that term. Well, let him explain to you the term. I'm just here to mess things up, and he will explain next week on Amen. <laughs> I think she had her CD and she put it on her earphones and she says, I want to listen to it again. I want to, uh, it must have been a mistake. Oh, God must be angry. And then every time she listened to that CD, it says, Daughter. Oh, I think she got goosebumps all over. Daughter. I rewind it again. Daughter. That's the most beautiful word I heard in 12 years. 12 years. Multiply 12 by 365 It's over 4,000 days. Multiply that by 24 hours. Multiply that by 60 seconds in an hour. She's been tormented into the ground. And one word. One word set her free. And she went home, not like a thief. And I want to say to each one of you, get your act together. You are not a piece of junk. You are not a mishap. Your mother and father never wanted you. But God says, I want you. I don't care what your mom and dad called you. I don't care what other people called you. I call you daughter. And I am willing to restore your status in front of the law, in front of the disciples. In fact, I'm willing to bring my whole agenda to a standstill for you. My name is Jesus Christ. I am the Son of God. You did not delay me. You just showed all these people power is available in a day that everybody thought, if you have the hat, make Jesus great again, then that's church. You know where I got that one from. Some of you are so asleep, you did not even hear it. Be careful. Hallelujah. God is saying this morning, go in peace. And let your mind be quiet. And let all the voices out of your past shut their mouth. Because kingdom reign is here this morning. And we are here to enjoy freedom in Christ. Amen. Can I get my keyboard, guy? Thank you. Thank you, sir. Come on, church. If you say this morning, I'm a son and a daughter, I want you to stand up proudly. If you say, I don't know, I I cannot really stand to that one. Why don't you stand anyhow? Because when he's done with you, that's exactly what you will be. Come on. Shane, maybe you need to come up here as well and bring your whole team up here and and just come up here. I want you to, we're not going to do an altar call the old way. We're not going to do a prayer now like we always do it. But I want, I want you to, to turn to somebody close to you and just say, check your body language. You're not a thief. Amen? You know, many times people come to church and they sit in the back seat and they want to slip in and slip out. God says, no, I want to send you home complete. I don't want to send you home with a physical healing and the voice in your mind is not quiet. I want to send you home with no tormenting voices. How many of you want to be honest? Sometimes it's those voices up here that is the reason why you cannot sleep at night. Come on, be honest. Sometimes I'm a child of God. I'm in the ministry 41 years, and I can go through a a season where I, I have challenges. Oh God, how will I do this? And God, what will I say to the leaders? I had such a week. I had three Zoom calls. God, what will I do? What will I say? I initiated this. All these churches will be on the call. What will I do tomorrow morning, God? What will I say? Then I need to learn. Shut your mouth. Satan, pack your bags and go. When the time comes tomorrow, I will know what to say. Don't you tell me now anything. You are not part of this. Get out how many of you say today, Lord, if I can just get deliverance from the voices, the pulpit in my mind, my body language will change. Raise your hands. Be honest. Raise your hands. Listen to this one. My father had cancer. I think I will have it. My mother has that condition. I think I already see the same symptoms in me. Shut that voice out. You have just heard about Jesus. I take authority in the name of Jesus. I take authority. Give me that first sound. That first sound. Keep it there. Keep it there. Keep it there. Keep it there. Just, just give me that ongoing sound. Thank you. I take authority over every evil spirit. I take authority over every voice. I take authority over every tormenting voice. I take authority over every concern, fear, struggles. I pray for teenagers. I pray for the younger generation. And I pray. I come against group pressure. I come against the evil spirits of drugs. I come against it and I say, shut your mouth. I pray that God will send people free. Set people free now that are, tor- that are tormented. I feel God is going to release people from, from tormenting spirits. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I take authority over you. And I say, everybody will leave this place in peace. (sighs) Come on, peace. Father, peace. Peace for mothers. Peace for fathers. Peace for children. No more tormenting days. The King has spoken. The King has spoken. The king has spoken. God is not angry. God is not angry. God loves you. Uh, 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 uh. Close your eyes and say this after me. Say today Shalom. Peace. The peace of Jerusalem will be my portion. Today, I will leave rejoicing. Pray this loud and clear. Say, my body language, my walk and talk will show that I just heard the word son and daughter, coming out of the mouth of a king. Say, he treats me with sensitivity, care, and passion. Say those three words again. Say, sensitivity, care, passion. Oh, I, I, just sense the, I just sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. I just sense God is setting people free. I just sense that people is going to get rid of voices that, that sit in their mind for so many years. We need more than a physical healing. We need to go back home, healed, spirit, soul, and body. Father, I stretch my hand over this crowd, but Father, I pray that this hand of mine will become the hand of God, and that you will say to every man and woman, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, worship the Lord, worship the Lord, worship the Lord. Can I, can I just stop the crowd here? Can I just ask you to help me? You know, I saw on my phone, listen to this. I saw on my phone a message came through from South Africa. And I saw a picture, it's a live recording. I cannot listen to it now.